Hello, and welcome everyone back to Just Love. Um, it's shaping up for a really cold, wintry February. It's ground, no, it's not Groundhog Day. It's uh, the first of February, rabbit, rabbit to everyone. I'm really excited and already giggling because I have um, a really close friend with me, um, Christina DeSoto, aka the spiritual gangsta. <laughs> she, um, She's from York, Maine. Um, welcome. Thank you. And happy to be here. I'm so happy you're here. I think, yeah, we used to spend a lot of time together years ago, and then we've kept in touch over the decades. It's been decades. We've it's known been each other for a very long time. It's been three, <laughs> at least three decades yes. or close to it. Wow. We're talking, when did you start? 96 or 94? Aaron, I think, was, sorry about that. Aaron was, gosh, two or three years old. Mm -hmm. And now he's going to be 29. So we're um, we're approaching three decades of knowing one another. Such a beautiful gift. <laughs> it's a beautiful gift. It is. I, yeah, yeah, because I don't have a lot of long-lasting friendships. <laughs> <laughs> Intimacy is not my best friend. But, like... For some reason, you've hung on. <laughs> I like certain people too, so it works like, out. Right. Like, isn't that funny? Like, I've never thought of that. Like, you're one of my longest standing friends. We're definitely soul connected this lifetime and past lifetimes. I truly believe that. But it's funny, like, outside looking in, we're different. Completely polar opposites. <laughs> we're polar opposites. <laughs> Yet when we get together, there's just something. It's like that you know, the twin flame um, connection, like a magnet, it either mm -hmm. is like pulling so forcefully together, or it's pushing the F apart. <laughs> it's right. like, you can't get close if you want to. Right. But when you're on, you're on. Exactly. So um, I invited you to come do the podcast. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised that you said yes. <laughs> of course I did. <laughs> to be a guest. I love it. Um, we're going to talk about, gosh, you know, at first, I was thinking we could talk about tarot cards and you brought up a great point. You know, it's something that takes years of study and is difficult to explain, especially on the air, probably. Well, I feel like tarot cards are very personal for each individual. So when you are pulling cards, you have to have an intention with that. Yeah. So if I'm pulling cards for like for you, we'd have a spread of like six cards here and we'd read those cards. But to be able to explain how to approach and how to get to that point is very like time consuming yeah because it isn't just i'm just gonna throw some cards down there you're actually throwing the cards down you're seeing the messages you're seeing the vision and you're you're using the guidance for the individual themselves because it's always different for everybody everything is always so personal and it's for me tarot card now you know what the funny thing is is tarot cards i'm okay with i have some decks in here Ouija boards, I will not mm -hmm. let a Ouija board in my house. Nope. And it's like, what's what's the difference? Like, I think that the Ouija board's the artificial information. And what Ouija boards do... Harry, go lay down. You're okay. The dog's sensing it. What Ouija boards <laughs> can do is bring in that negative energy without any restriction. So you have this board here, you're putting your fingers on it. People think it's all fun and games, but what you're bringing into that intention, what's around you can pick up on anything negative. It's usually the negative 
it's never really positive. Someone once described it to me as, you know, there's almost this level or this frequency or vibration of spirits that are almost like tricksters. Mm -hmm. They're fresh out of the box and they just, they're like, pick me, pick me, like, look at me, look at me. I want attention. And well, they're touching it and they're fucking with you. Excuse me. No, we say, we say F fuck on this podcast. Because I remember Ann and I had this, we didn't use the Ouija board. We used something that was the same type of thing. And we went through this board and the thing kept messing with us to the point where we're just like, we need to get rid of this. But for a Ouija board, you can't just get rid of a Ouija board because the energy stays on that board. You have to burn it, but you have to like go and get rid of it in such a distinct level. Like when you clear out your cards, you're sitting there holding your cards. You're like clicking on them. You know what I mean? You're, you're, you're banging. Yeah. Why do psychics do that or readers? Because it clears out the energy from the card, completely removes it like from the previous reading, from previous thoughts, because if you are holding it and you, with your intention saying, I want to give these messages for Jen and I'm holding this and asking the guides to come in and do that before you even touch those cards, you want to hold it flat on your hand with the deck on top and click it one, two, three, and it immediately removes the energy from the previous reading. If there is any residue on that. So we both, I'm trying to think if we started coming so I started learning about things, all things esoteric when I was, before I moved to Maine. So the first book I'll talk about was Dan Millman, um, The Way of the Peaceful Warrior. Mm-hmm. That kind of introduced me to a whole world bigger than my tiny little um, insulated life. You know, grew up in the Protestant church. I taught Sunday school. Did you know that? I did too. <laughs> And it's like, it was very traditional. Everybody seemed to have the same values. It was um, middle-class, blue-collar. So it was just, we were in a box. And then I'll never forget reading that book. And then, wait a minute, there's something outside of this box, something bigger than myself. And something, you know, at first it felt a little scary. But from there, it was just book after book. And then I had an aunt who brought me to a psychic in high school in Massachusetts. And it was just like, my world just kind of, I don't know, expanded. Mm-hmm. And then from there it was um, moved to Maine, met Joe. Um, Joe hadn't become a psychic yet, but his mom was oh, doing, um, what, what is it with the reading the feet in the hands? She's reading the, palms, but also f- uh, pressure points on the feet. Reflexology, is that? No. Reflexology or but she does she did the dowels like she had those, did a lot of pendulums and dowsing the dowsing was like those those metal sticks that she used to like clear you with i feel Ooh. like she brought energy healing into our circle she did she's right here with us too is that like in. i loved yeah. carol i loved her but joe and i remember there was a time joe and i would we were we were like very curious and we were doing the psychic hotlines <laughs> Because it was just at that time, (laughs) there wasn't like, there wasn't as much access to all things, spiritual energy, healing. It wasn't as defined. It was kind of like for me. So back then, what was that? That was um, the late eighties. You were young. It was still, I wasn't even here. So I came to me end of 93 full time. And I remember like going into it as well. It's like almost this is the same parallel expansion where you started getting, it starts with a book. 
It start, It always starts with a book. It starts with a book. A book appears in your life suddenly yeah. out of nowhere. Mine was about soulmates, and I was trying to expand with that. It was finding your soulmate in the. How old were you when you were looking for your soulmate for the first time? <laughs> <laughs> like, to me, that's so interesting. I 18? was nine. <laughs> no. I was oh, like was 18? 18. Yeah, because I was going through such a period of transition that I was reaching out for something that... A connection. Unconditional love, that connection, that support where I wasn't getting it from my environment because I was drastically changing from Connecticut to Maine. And we were drastically changing our life and our lifestyle um, very quickly. So I started thinking that what would make me feel good was feeling the love. Because when you love somebody, that just expands yourself, your 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 energy, your heart, everything feels so good around you when you feel love. That first, like that small, short window of time when you first connect with someone and it's like the, it's the only two of you exist. And like everything's possible. Right. And then you can't see anything else on the side. It's just you two. You don't even eat. Right. It's like a punch drunk, right? Right. Like, and that's like, that's, I feel like that is kind of a glimpse of all of this for everybody because Mm -hmm. over the, over the decades, you know, learning more techniques or ways to experience energy or to create energy, to um, expand yourself Sometimes it reminds me of that giddy feeling, like just when you're in that good place and it's just peace and comfort and joy and love running through you. And the energy is so rapid. Yeah. You're like hyped up. Right. It's such a beautiful experience. Even if you're outside in nature, loving where you are, the environment, a lot of people miss and they are misguided where they have to, oh, I need to love somebody in order to love. And the reality of it is, is you can go outside and love a tree. You can go outside and love where you are, the air you breathe, being thankful for all that. That's also expansive. Well, don't you feel like we were almost conditioned or taught that love is external? Mm -hmm. The only place to feel loved is if you're able to find that outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. And I think that trips so many of us up. We need to love ourselves because how can we love another person? if we don't love ourselves internally and love everything about ourselves, because you, if you're okay to be by yourself and you're okay to love yourself and code, it exists within this universal energy, then we're good. It's always nice to have somebody, but some people don't have partners for their life. They're not destined to be for their entire life. life. I've thought about that a lot. Right. And you and I have been lucky. We've had many. (laughs) We're the the partner (laughs) gangsters. Right. Why is it that like that trips me up? Like, oh, I can explain that. Well, I have to tell you, like the past two weeks, two different people. From the past? No, like this... This man that's my age, um, that everybody knows, he's, I've known him forever. He's kind of like a friend. Mm -hmm. Um, He is a friend, but, um, and then this woman that I've known forever, and she's older than I am. I swear to God, in the past two weeks, each of them came in independently and said the same thing to me. They were like, why can you find love so easy? And I was like, it caught me off guard because I feel like. I feel like if I had found love, I'd still be with it. Like maybe I'm looking at it wrong, but it's like, I always feel like those people that find it and in those long-term traditional relationships, I always feel like, 
they found love. They found love. They found the love. They found the love, but they also waited for it. We are out there going, I just want to love everything. My energy is all about love. And now you want to bring the energy in because it's so wonderful. You feel so good. And we also just want to love everything. Is that what you're, is that our connection? mm -hmm. We're quick to love you and I. We're quick to love. Exactly. But there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to love somebody else. It's okay to love somebody else in different degrees, different elements. Have you found your true love's kiss? Like, who knows? <laughs> I love, that's Libby's favorite movie. It's so funny, yeah. the true love's kiss. Yeah. Enchanted. Exactly. Well, I always say that I had, I'd been cursed by Disney. <laughs> like from an early age that love was going to, love was external and it was going to rescue me and write my world. It's and like, I believe that. Well, it's interesting because I was two years ago. Expansive with the whole uh, Snow White thing. Well, you know, I used to run around with a little dress thinking I was Snow White the whole time. But the reality of her she gets poisoned. She gets poisoned. <laughs> Viable love. And I feel that that resonated with me for such a period of time. Where you go in and, but everyone meets for a reason. We all connect for a reason. We wouldn't have our kids if we didn't meet the individuals that we were with to have these children, because I truly believe that our kids have, they, they choose their mother and father before they come into the space. They decide who the parents are. And regardless of what we think, we're like, what the hell are you thinking? Or, oh, this is such a beautiful, I'm so thankful for this. (laughs) For this earthly experience. (laughs) My my new thing, and I said this to you because I went to you for, no, we did a Zoom reading. Mm Because when I get to this point that I feel stuck, I always reach out to you. Mm -hmm. And I said to you on, um, we should probably explain what you do. We'll do that next (laughs) and who you are and where you've, what you've become. But like, so I zoomed, I texted you and I said, what are you doing? (laughs) Right. And I just, but, um, at the end of what you did and what you do so wonderfully, I said to you, yeah, I don't want to ever come back again. (laughs) Meaning I don't ever want to be reincarnated in human form again. Like, I'm done. I'm toast. I'm so exhausted by human experience. The great, the ugly, the bad, the indifferent. I'm just over it and done with it. And you're like, you're such a shit because this is who, this is why I love you. You go, oh, yeah, no. You have like a thousand (laughs) lives left to live. (laughs) Suck it up, buttercup. Like, you're, and I'm like, really? Like, this year's, this lifetime has been challenging. I agree with you. Well, I feel like people say that. And I feel like, what about like the Salem witch trials? I feel like every lifetime has been like incredibly well, like challenging. Or like, or the days of the slaves at the pyramids. I feel like every right. lifetime has its challenges. I think you're right. But how do we handle those challenges? That's the question. Like, how are we handling it now? Where it seems like it's like, even we're talking about back in the late 80s into the 90s when this was like a, you know, don't talk. Psyche. Don't talk to a psychic. That they don't need. Well, it was it was stuff. like the witch, the, the witch trials, right? Like, and then you're, you know, then they refer to you as the Blanco witch or the Blanco witch, like the which is the white witch, which is the lighter witch, or the black witch, or the witchcraft, and it still repeats itself. It's still repeating itself as well through like. Well, the Wizard of Oz. Are you, I'm the good witch. Right. I'm Glenda the good witch. I'm about? the evil witch. Right. You know, like sometimes I think we're a little bit of both mm-hmm. and coming to terms with that to have the full human experience 
is we're not always going to do the right thing. We're not always going to say the right thing. We're not going to have the answers. We're going to, you know, we were talking about when you feel love and passion and joy and how great that is. Well, a flip can be switched and you're going to feel shame, guilt, fear in the next moment and take a nosedive. Because that's part of your healing process. That's You're supposed to get triggered with that. You're supposed to feel those things of within your blueprint of your body because that needs to release itself. And the only way to release itself is to acknowledge it and to feel it. We don't feel what's going on. That's why you're talking about the whole, the whole new wave. Like people are, you know, not drinking. We're not smoking. We're not doing What is it called? So instead of new age, it's now what? It's like, I'm saying the new wave thing where people are actually, you know, they're going to AA. They're going and trying to get, you know, out of their addictions or stopping drinking. They're doing. Is that bad? It's no, it's good, but it's very (laughs) big right now. It's very trendy. If you want to call it that is people are tired of not feeling. But then people are tired of also playing the victim. People are tired of also being in that space with their addictions, but they're still going back to that addiction. Well, it's hard. It's a habit. It's a pattern. Bad day. You're like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to go smoke pot. Or you're having a bad day. You're going to smoke pot and drink that night. Why aren't you dealing with your shit? And that's what happens when we get the anxiety, when we get all those angst up feelings where it's like, I'm going to explode is because we're not dealing with our stuff. We're not dealing with the process. We're not dealing with the things that are presented to us because we're numbing it all down. So the process is, is it takes a little bit longer. So, you know, the term self-medicate, mm-hmm. right? There's a reason that everybody knows what that means. Right. And so we all recognize that individually we have these feelings that we've been trying to deal with for centuries and self-medicate. And I think what you're saying, the new wave, it's like now we're realizing we have choices mm-hmm. and we don't have to be stuck in these endless spirals of self-defecation. And Exactly. And, you know, we started at first, we were, you, we were working together at the Herbal Supplement All right. So let's talk about you. How much of this is, are we sharing? Is, I love it. connected to what's going on now. Like over the past five years, there's so many different supplements out there for health reasons. Like, who you take Can this? we name the company? My company? Yeah. Yeah, Karen Herbs. Well, so, and that's what it started as, right? Way back when? It was, was it called, we'll use the abbreviation for what it was called. SHI? Yeah. But least. was there a name before that? No, it was SHI, then it was Karen Herbs. So back in the 90s. Late, it was 92, the company was founded and then brought to York Harbor, Maine. York Harbor. So how cool is that? But when I talk about, for, for okay, so you talk That's when about, I first saw you. It was my interview day. Exactly. It was at 457 Main Street, a York Street. My father from Connecticut, his building, his real estate company was 457 Main Street. We come up to Maine. (laughs) In the harbor. In the harbor. When he found that space, it's like 457 New York Street. He knew. He's like, okay, this is fake. It resonated. Harry, go lay down. The number sequence resonated. And that was very, that's what he knew he was doing the right thing. He knew he was taking a big chance from leaving real estate and his life in Connecticut and fully embracing himself. Because he was, he had had a successful career. Very successful career. He was well known and in a very affluent area that mm-hmm. um, a lot of hard work. He'd written a book. Mm-hmm. Can be about the bankruptcy of America. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then my, I'm trying to think at that time. Um, I had just become a single mom. I had graduated from college. I was working for a marketing company in Exeter. Mm-hmm. 
And um, my friend who had grown up with working at a restaurant in Kittery Point, who that's where I met my friend Joe and started getting into all of the energy and psychic stuff. Um, She had told me that she was working for your dad. Shannon. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it was the little business was taking off growing and I needed to meet him. Like she was adamant. You need something inside of her. Mm -hmm said that your dad and I should meet. And, um, and I ended up renting an apartment in the Harbor, Aaron and I right next to the, um, post office. Mm -hmm. So literally I was working and living within a block Mm -hmm. by the ocean. It was one of the coolest times in my life, but it led me to meeting your family, which became a huge part of my life. Absolutely. Traveling abroad, traveling all over the country for the company. Yeah. Like it was, it was a dream. It was in my early twenties and your dad became a business mentor and a friend. And, um, I was like, we had a team of telemarketers that I managed that was like (laughs) nearly 20. I set up all the trade shows. We did radio. I wrote the radio shows and co-hosted. And then so good at that. The health seminar, the health seminar. (laughs) But then also like, to me, that was a dream job because I loved marketing and business development. I didn't even know what it was at that time. Right. I'd gotten a human resource management degree in college, but like creating the story behind a product and then putting all the action in, like exactly what you were talking about is creating is that energy, building something, building something breathing life into something with passion, in yep. believing in it. We, was, we used to joke, um, you and I, remember we did that late night radio show <laughs> in Chicago? <laughs> and you came in and it was like 11 o'clock at night. And we were giving away free samples to one of our products. And we were on the Mike Trevisano show, who is this huge sports figure in Chicago's a 50,000 watt station. And you were manning the phones. Do you remember that? I was on air. And you were taking the calls for the free yeah. samples. It wasn't it related to the sex for the air, for the energy. <laughs> it was care? Rodeo La Rosea. Yeah, for the energy care, we we promote it because it does. It helps men. It's with, an adaptogen which affects right. your libido, and it helps men who have problems down there with their <laughs> prostate <laughs> and with their sexual functions. And so, we had the clinical studies behind us. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. And then we remember we did a, a thing and I was Playboy or something. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> but it's like we were in our, I was in my 20s. You were a teenager. Really you were late. in high school. <laughs> I think I was graduating. And, and it became a thing. Mm-hmm. Like I became the Swedish herbal girl. Yeah, you did. The Swedish girl yep. on the Mike Trevisano show in Chicago. <laughs> and now I'm Karen. because <laughs> But it, that's, that was our relationship. You and I, like, it was that energy of growing this business that um, was being seen for the first time in the States. It was hugely well-known and respected in another country. We also remember that we brought adaptogens into the United States. And now five years, five years ago, people have backpacked off of our concept, which is great. I love seeing it. There's so many right. different things that are going on with adaptogens. And it makes me feel good to see that. But we started it. Like, take credit take for that. that, your mother. <laughs> we did. Yeah. And like, so, and part of that, like we, we remember the trade show we did at the Javits, not the Javits Center, no, we Madison Square Gardens we, we were at. We were walking around New York all night, the city. That you night. always bring it back to sex because we went into the sex shop that night. <laughs> Do you remember that? 
<laughs> that was the first time that I'd ever been in one. Me and Joe were like, yay. And Joe was there? Joe was with us and you're like, oh, on that God. trip? Yeah, I'm always the goody two shoes, the prude of the pack. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys dragged me in there. But like we were experiencing larger than life. Yeah. And then one of those trips was paid for. Do you remember that? Like a trip to New York City. Like it was your dad and I. I can't remember who joined us, but they wanted to bring the extract in and create this whole line of products. And they brought us to New York on a mm-hmm. fully paid trip. That's right. It was crazy what I experienced. And then got to meet you and your family. And um, we ended up in Florida, California, all these places. All oh, my gosh. I forgot about the Disney trip. The Disney trips were the best. And I went to Mexico. Yeah, you did. With my to, your, your, to your family condo. That's right. That was another game changer for me. Yeah. But all of this, so we have this background of friends and building a business for your family built business. And um, and then you, at the same time, I remember the first thing is you went into massage. You bought a massage table. <laughs> right? I decided I was- Was that like, after high school? No, I went into, I went to USM for like a hot minute and did not do really well up there. I was kind of just enjoying the atmosphere and hanging out with my friend, Sean, who I'm still friends with to today. And we were having a good time, playing around, walking around, going out at night. And then it just got, I felt toxic. It wasn't where I, I didn't feel right. It didn't feel right for me. I said, I need to do something with my life that makes me feel good. And having SHI care nerves at that point in time made me feel good, but I wanted also something for myself. So I was guided towards the massage therapy school. I did that for a year and got everything I needed for that. Learned so many different avenues, elements, and loved everything about it. And at the same time, our friend Joe, like mm-hmm. he, his gifts were coming in and to see crazy. someone crazy, yeah. like thing, like his hand sparking in the microwave, right? <laughs> like I'll never forget that. And he, at that time, his gifts were coming in. His mom was practicing. Mm-hmm. Joe was starting to study. He was working with us. Right. And I would hear him on the phone reading people. Reading people. <laughs> I was like, what, the, what are you doing? You can't do that. Like the rule follower. But then it was just, it was such a crazy time. Like, and at that time, my dad had taken his own life and Joe would call me like at two in the morning and say, Jen, your dad wants to talk to you. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and at that time it was like, Joe was our friend and it wasn't like he was this renowned psychic medium. Great. So it was just today. like, stop. Like, I don't <laughs> want to talk to my dad. I didn't want him when he was alive. I don't want him when he's dead, you know? I don't want Reiki either right now, Joe. I just want to watch. Yeah. Him. Oh my gosh. All the, like the practice sessions. Mm-hmm. Joe would practice on us with Reiki and reading our aura. And like, oh, yeah. he was obsessed with the human anatomy. Do you remember that? Yeah. Like <laughs> in diagnosing and like, just like he was like, it was almost like he was taken over mm-hmm. and we loved him. And it was just kind of like this thing, it's right? Beautiful. He it said- was so cool to be a part of that. Yeah. I'll never forget one time I was going to his farm, his beautiful farmhouse and um, just for lunch or something. And I was getting ready and I was living on Long Sands at the time. That's right. And I was trying to grab something in the back of the closet and a hanger hit my head. And I was like, what? And it hurt. (laughs) And then um, it was, I picked it up. It was this bright red plastic hanger. I get to Joe's and he goes, your, your aunt Barb 
wants want you to know she thinks it was so funny you were hit with the red hanger. <laughs> and I was like, at that point, he had me. Yeah. And not that he had to convince me, but at that point, I was fully bought into there's something bigger and better than ourselves as an individual. Mm-hmm. And there's people surrounding us that are here for us that come in and out or they stay with us. And life's not traditional. No. As much as I wanted it to be, mm-hmm. there's there's a different way. So then you were doing your massage. And then I don't know if I know your next steps, like how you became. I was doing the massage therapy, still continue to work for Karen Herbs, which still to this day still do. Um, I ended up taking classes and expanding myself. And then all of a sudden I went into this major healing process within my own being. You know, I had a relationship with a, a person who I fell in love with my first true love who has crossed over at this point in life, but I'll never forget that. But then it was toxic. I was toxic. He was toxic. And the reason why we were toxic together is because we had addiction issues. We were drinking, we were smoking pot, we were partying, we were adolescents. So I kept getting pushed into me fighting my, my gifts, these messages, people hearing voices. What were, so things. yeah. What were you hearing? Like, what were you experiencing? I would hear things like if I, they'd be like, don't go there. And I'd be like, what the fuck is that? So inside your head though. In my head, don't go there. Or I'd have a vision or I'd have a dream where I'd be like, and I'm like, this is too much. So I drink it, I drink it away, smoke it away. All these things. And when I started telling people stuff, I had one friend, Jocelyn, still friends with her to today. But you remember Jocelyn? She was a telemarketer. Yes, the blonde. <laughs> the blonde. She, was she would come and she smelled girl. so good. Yeah, she's still still long blonde hair, gorgeous, everything else. But she's, she's the one that said, you know, we'd go back and forth with messages. We'd talk about things and I'd be like, I'm confused. And then we were on point when we weren't doing anything because with her... I wasn't smoking with her. I wasn't drinking. Wasn't she had the gift too. Is that she, what you're saying? She does. She expands it sometimes, but she forgets about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. She has the ability to do that. But when we connected, it was about, we were really into trying to find that love. And, but I knew that that relationship that I was in was toxic. And I said, this doesn't feel right for me anymore. I don't know what it's supposed to feel like. So I was in that space drinking, smoking, and I still hearing voices, still hearing things, still trying to be guided. And I was getting whacked on the head. I had all these things fighting me constantly. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. And I'm like, whatever. I'm young. I want to have fun. You know, know, at that same time, what happened to me? And I forget how I got there. I ended up with um, working with Betty Lipton. Mm Mm-hmm. She, she identified me as having gifts and she started teaching me how to, well, because at the trade shows we went to with SHI in New York, a lot of it, the natural supplements was tied into the new age. So a lot of, um, remember that? Like a lot of authors, like a lot of like sages, like people reading auras, like the pictures, the good witches, like (laughs) all, yes, the picture of the auras. And somehow from that, I got tied into believing that I needed to go to Betty Lipton. Mm -hmm. I don't even remember. Everyone needs to go to Betty Lipton at some point, but she, she was going to open me up and teach me how to develop gifts to read people. And I was just like, what you're saying, I was in such a place that spinning out of control, not with drugs in my case, but Mm -hmm. like just mentally spinning out of control with anxiety and like self doubt and 
self-deprecation and not feeling worthy and not good enough and being a single mom at the time and just feeling like I had failed everything, everything. And uh, there was no way out. And I was searching for an answer. Mm -hmm. And I remember just finally telling her, no, thank you. Like, cause I couldn't focus. I couldn't bring it. I couldn't go inward. Like, you know, like being able to balance yourself or center yourself. You, I was you looking found at that through your writing though. It like, you know, that's what always was connected with you. Cause I remember we used to do automatic writing together. Oh gosh, I'd forgotten about it. Well, at that time mm-hmm. that Joe was getting messages and it was so strange. He said to me the thing over and over he would say to me is your dad wants you to write every day. And he'd say, you need to write every day. And it got so annoying that he would say that to me. <laughs> so I remember back then buying a laptop and that's when I started writing every day in my, in my twenties. Yeah. So you, you with Jocelyn were getting messages. You were doing your massage. Doing massage and then my hands would heat up in different positions and, and within the body. I would see things that would come out of the people themselves. I would hear a message for them. I just kept expanding quickly, 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 quickly. And then I decided that my anxiety was too much that I had to start believing in myself with that. But then you meet, you know, I met Matt, Lexi's dad and got married, whatever that took a hot minute of my life. But I knew that in I, South Berwick, right? Mm-hmm, we lived here in <laughs> South Berwick. And I knew that that didn't feel right either. I knew that there's a purpose for him and I, you know, we have family unity. Families are great. Um, the bond was great, but it still didn't feel right because I was coming off of my addiction and I still couldn't expand myself in the way that I needed to. And actually I remember going to see Carol and I remember feeling that whole energy releasing all the time, knowing that, and she'd say, you have a purpose. You got to get your shit together. You got to stop doing what you're doing. You're, you're, putting too much toxins within your body. And, you know, it was just too much. And I was avoiding everything. So that I stopped, had the most extreme anxiety for three solid years to the point where my body was shifting so rapidly to get into, it's not an easy ride. If you want to become a healer that you're destined to do, you got to get rid of past lifetimes. You got to get rid of all. You have to sit in your shit. You got to sit in years of shit, centuries of shit where it comes to the point, because then you learn from all that shit and then you can help somebody else with their Well, you need to recognize it for what it is Mm -hmm. to be able to see it in other people and to, to be able to just say, this is what this is. But you can't do that for somebody else until you get your shit together. That's basically. Did you take that dowsing class with Carol? Was that you and I? The the dowsing, I don't mind. I think we probably (laughs) did it because I'm sure we did. But I'm trying to think who that was. The instruments would always freak me out. Like I'd be like, I can't. I don't. She had us in her backyard with sticks. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) We've done a lot of stuff. And I think back now, doing all of that stuff and trying to appear and be normal. In mainstream for me, but that wasn't normal. People that was not. You couldn't talk about it. Like you couldn't. Like you're having fire ceremonies and burning your shit, but, but blowing your stuff into your fire and your stick and burning it and letting it go. All that stuff is ancient stuff, but it was dismissed. Do you remember the first time, time on her table, on Carol's in her room? She had it decorated with Buddhas. I was gonna die on her table. It was like, like it was so mysterious to me. Like she had so many influences from the East in her room, and mm-hmm. then she had the music and the the gong music and, and the smell. The, he- the smell. It was like 
you were in Oil India or something. Or something. <laughs> and it was so foreign and different than what I'd grown up with or even imagined was real. Mm-hmm. And I remember being on her table for the first time in the heavy linen cloth blankets. Right. And, and then feeling all that stuff, like literally like you could feel pieces of your existence <laughs> coming up. And it was just the craziest experience. And then afterwards she'd invite you to your her kitchen and she'd be making I'll I'm never forget the chicken. Yeah. She, it was, <laughs> she made this chicken soup and it was again using spices that I'd never tasted in my whole life. And yeah. because you grew up so this. very bland and traditional. The soup. The, soup, the chicken soup had, I remember, had turmeric and cinnamon in it. And I was like, who put cinnamon in chicken <laughs> soup? I didn't even know what turmeric was, yeah. other than it was like staining my bowl okay. yellow. Exactly. <laughs> right? Like she was just so far ahead. Mm-hmm. And remember, like, I remember being at Fort Foster days. Um, and she was there and said hi. And she would just, like Joe, she would just start reading people. Like like the Long Island medium, right? <laughs> like she'd be chomping at the bed. Randomly going off to people and reading about them. And Joe, that's right. Every but it time. was with the intent to heal them. Yeah. It was with the intent to lift them out of a negative place and to see life differently. And that's what I do still to this day. You know, when you're walking Fort Foster for an example, and they're like, stop and talk. And do you do you simultaneously even, break out in a read? Do oh, you do totally that? Do that. And you then, are the spiritual gangster. <laughs> and then I'll start talking to them about saying, "All right, even that just a simple exchange, like how are you doing today? Or like, you know, you look really pretty, or your hair looks really good today." Because you're passing by these people every day. You know, you see them on and off and on again. But then when you're out and about too, like in a store, they're like, "Stop!" And the reason why I know this was Joe. He's like, he's like, people, we, I, they'd say, "Stop!" He goes, "Remember that, Christina. When someone, when you hear spirits, stop and go find this person and talk to them. You need to find that person and talk to them because that energy exchange." And I remember, you know, there was this older man that I was in the store with, and I went and talked to him, and I said, "I, I said, I'm really sorry, but I have to give you this message. I don't exactly remember what the message was, but." his eyes welled up and he literally like, it meant everything to him. That's how you know you're doing what you're supposed to do. Like when you stop with a stranger and you have that, that interaction and there's that energy exchange where their eyes well up or even your own eyes well up. And then I remember working at the restaurants in Portsmouth during COVID Mm -hmm. and the people I worked for or with, knew this about me, but it's like for me, because I'm not practiced and it's not my intent to be a healer. That's not the life I want. Like, but it seeps out. There were moments that I remember one time at the front desk and it was late at night and this, this girl came in and she was hot chaos (laughs) mess, right? Like she was coming at the host station. She was going to cause harm, like emotional. She was just not having life at that time. And out of my words came, out of my mouth came words before I even knew it. Right. And she stopped and she said, how do you know? And then she started, tears started forming at the corner of her eyes. Mm -hmm. And then everybody's looking at me and then I'm embarrassed because it's like when that stuff happens, it's almost like it's coming out of you and through you without your brain having time to process it because then you can't stop it. Right. It's not you talking. And like enough people had witnessed that with me that, they were aware, right? And then you're like, oh, because if it's not something you want or you embrace, 
I've always, right? You have the gift, Jennifer. Every, but the point is, yeah. everybody has the gift. You have the potential for the gift. But I remember Joe said to me a long time ago when he was, we were doing a reading, he's like, you're going to do this one day. I'm like, <laughs> you're like, no, I'm not. I'm like, absolutely not. But it's like anything. And then when I did, I was like, son of a bitch. Like, but if you like, so the gift, right? Like we all, and the gift is simply connecting to consciousness beyond yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like we're all connected. No. We're all part of the wave. Yeah, we're I don't each, know what I connect know. to sometimes. I got to tell you. <laughs> but it's like, if, if you, like some of us are great sung, singers and then mm-hmm. some of us pursue a singing career, you have the gift, you have a strong gift and you lean into it and you practice and you do the diligence that it takes to elevate that gift. Right? Like I had a, I have a whispering, but I'm not choosing it. Like, it's like, I can be funny, but I'm not doing stand up. (laughs) Right. It's like, and, but I have it enough that it makes me appreciate it and the authenticity of it when I connect with certain people like you or right. Anne or Joe or others in my life that have the gift. And it's like, Betsy, like you, there's an, have you met Betsy? I don't know. But there is, she's from South Burke, but there's just this, there's this peaceful knowing and this trust and that it's a tribe. It's a tribe mm-hmm. that it's like, you know, vibrating at the same level, whatever it is at different times you connect and it's like, yes. Okay. It's that communication coming through too. And it's interesting when you go through your life and your expansion, you get to a certain age where you only want those types of people around you. Those people come towards you. And then it's interesting when you, you're, you're talking like we, we know each other for a long time, but then I, I meet somebody and I'm like having this conversation and I'm like, wait a second. Like, are you reading me right now? Well, I sense that there's something going on. I'm like, well, then I completely shut down. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't, you're like, I am the reader. I'm don't the reader. read me. <laughs> Wait, it's not reciprocal. They're like, well, no, there's something going on. You're going to tell me what's going on. What's what, whatever it is. And that exchange too is like, you know, you're not used to it. Like you, that's a trust thing for me. Like I am honored when people come to me or refer to me or anything else. Like it's a blessing. I'm like, thank you. Like, I'm so like thankful, thankful, thankful at the end of it. And during that experience for them and giving them exactly what they need, what they want. But when someone tries to do it to me, that's so funny. And I'm like, what are you doing? So you and I are opposite like Mm -hmm. that. Like I, love those like once in a lifetime connections wherever you are on a plane at the bus station on the beach out in Vancouver I mm-hmm. love those brief interactions I had one at the bookstore when I went and visited Anna yeah and I welcome those because I look at those as one hit wonders <laughs> so like you're not going to develop this like oh yeah I love those one hit wonders but if someone's consistently in your life and doing that you're just like hold up. they're doing that too. so I feel like my tra- like I have five of you that I feel blessed <laughs> to have relationships with that yeah. I can go to off and on yeah. and trust that it's, but not everybody does it's part of the process and you have to be expansive for that because their 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 attention person's intention is not ill-mannered he's trying to be helpful and caring and kind but it's like certain points of your life you're not open to that kindness like wait a second I'm in my own head I'm supposed to deal with my own stuff I'm supposed to handle this by myself but then there's spirit brings in somebody else to help you but I think but it's like you because you go from for me you know my relationship with my dad you know my dad and I are very very close 
and he's my my person my rock but i'm 47 years old and he's getting older and that relationship you know changes you know we never you know, he's my person but then when you have somebody else who like comes in that you feel comfortable enough to be that person for example do you know what i mean with with situations like your situation it's wait, what? <laughs> you playing. lost me. Well, so okay, so <laughs> wait, what are you saying? Do you have someone other than your dad now? Well, so, let's go back to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're gonna put it on. Wait, let me just say, like, you're gonna put um, it on me. Like, I'm talking about, you know. So let's bring it to you. So you see, so some like you and I are, are expansive. We love it. We but love we it go nice. in and out. Like there we may be five right. years that we don't talk to each other. No, I don't. Think you don't think? That. I really don't think we've ever done that. And they're in your twenties. You don't think we slipped for five years? Not okay, enough. maybe a year. I don't even think that even. Okay, happened. six months. <laughs> Will you take what? six months? I'll take like six days, six weeks, maybe six weeks. weeks. Okay. Um, and then we always run into each other. We run, yeah, that will happen randomly. Harbor places. Fest one time, your Harvest Fest, we ran into each other. Yeah, we ran. And that's how I knew you had a child. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have a kid. <laughs> But my point is, is like you, we go through the point I'm trying to say is we've gone through, we're expansive. We are open to all this stuff. We're open to all these, these experiences. We're open to the shamanism. We're open to the healing. We're open to all these different aspects. Everything. Everything. We're like a welcoming it, welcoming it in. Cause we're asking for it. We're going towards it. Right. We're leaning in. We're leaning in. For self-expansion. From the side left field. And is also capable of doing that for people like you and I, we're like, well, what the fuck's just happening? Like, who is this person? Oh, you're talking about my person. I'm like, talking about appearing out general. of the blue. Yeah, I'm talking about people. People peer out into your life. Well, you ask. Life. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm here with you now on this. So like, you're going along. Like Anna, we drove cross country to get a car to Vancouver during right. COVID, and she's giving my 20 year old's giving me this lecture on I have to go inward. Yeah. You said it to me the last week, right? Mm-hmm. But like out of the mouths of babes saying, okay, look, go inward, fix your shit. And so I was fully prepared to do that. And I was doing the work without someone in my life. Right. Because everyone thinks I just meet all these people. (laughs) And I was like, I, and I was out to prove I can grow and expand on my own and by myself. I don't need an intimate relationship, nor do I want one at this point. Right. Like you and I had this big conversation last year. Mm-hmm. and um, I was good. And then out of left field, someone drops into your life, and it's like you look to the left and the right, and then you're like, wait a minute. This person's in my life, and they're they're comfortable in certain areas you don't expect. Exactly. They you share don't. commonalities with you that put you on right. the same plane, but yet your differences are areas where it's almost like they're they're putting their hand down to lift you up. And you're not used to that. You're not used you to that. You and I are not used to people like that coming into our life. It, 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 unless we have, like you and I, like, do you know what I mean? But when it comes to love and relationship or friendship, love and relationship, or that expansion where you start as a friend and then it turns into more, whatever it is, and that partner is that because we've been so open to love and relationship, bringing people into our life. We've been open to love and relationships, but yet we've been, our hearts have been so walled up and guarded. You and I also opened our relationship ourselves up to relationship 
to the wrong <laughs> to the wrong let's be honest let's oh i just want to walk with someone on the beach but those people came in to break us open again those people came in to expand us to get us to where we need to be for who we need to be for ourselves and then that individual pops up holding you up holding your hand you know acting like that you know if you know it's like goes back to like your father relationship like whether it's your stepfather or your, your father, whoever that person is for you, it could be your mother that could be that person for you that is that solid relationship that doesn't change. Unconditional love. Unconditional Let's be honest. Love. You're it's looking true. for that place in life mm-hmm. that you are accepted and valued no matter what. And not judged if you're falling onto the ground because you can't handle what's going on within yourself. Someone that looks at life as an experience and knows all of it is a gift Mm -hmm. and accepts you whether you're flying high on a cloud or you're swallowing the mud, right? Because you're on your belly in the mud. Because each day we're going to, we're going to shift out. We're going to heal. We're going to do that. That doesn't change. But if someone's not shaming you for that, someone's supporting you for that, that's the best gift. Do you want to hear something funny? I do. So one of the things my new, I'm so like caught up on words and what things are called. Like if one more person tells me I can't get married again, I'm just going to be like, that's, that's people's favorite thing to tell me. And I just smile and nod my head. Judging you and everything else, shaming you and making themselves feel better because they're... Because I've been married more times than them. Who cares? Because they've probably never been married before. Who gives a shit what anyone says? Well, I do. Well, you shouldn't. But I do. Because they're judging you. Well, you shouldn't. It doesn't matter. Don't get get, married again. Okay. No, duh. You're going to get married again. (laughs) I'm going to go. I'm going to... So now I just joke, well, two more times and then I won't do it again. Like... Because I have to joke about it because it hurts. It totally hurts. Because it, I don't, I'm not the one that set out and said, I want to be married multiple times. I wanted the Disney dream, dream of one prince forever. See, I never wanted the white I wanted that. fence. I thought I'd be no, like, I never knew that. Anyway, prince, <laughs> not fence. Well, I'm talking about everyone's like, oh, I have the white picket fence. And then I says, I never dreamt about that. Or Cinderella, the white. I never dreamt about that. I hated every aspect of having a wedding and everything else. The person that I will marry next will be in Las Vegas. Will you get married again? Absolutely. In Las Vegas. You see that happening for yourself? Absolutely. Do you see me getting married again? on the beach. (laughs) On the beach with this person. It's going to be the most personal thing ever. And it's going to, no one else is going to be involved. Because it's not about everybody else being involved. I think that they, people, oh, I have to get married. I have to get married. And every people have to be involved. We're going to spend all this money, everything else. And it's the most uncomfortable situation that you ever put yourself into. And you know that I'm not sitting there getting married to person. I'm like, I shouldn't be marrying this person. I knew I wasn't supposed to marry Matt. I knew I was supposed to have Lexi, but I knew I was never supposed to marry him. And I knew that I was never supposed to marry Jason. I knew I had to. I don't uh, know. Did I know Jason? I don't know Jason. Jason. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's funny about you and I. We're we're so close, but there's pockets of our lives we know nothing about. I would hide him from anybody because you'd be like, what are you doing? And that was a hot minute anyways, but I have two amazing children from these these guys and i wouldn't have these kids without these guys with all the bullshit all the crap all the other stuff all the life experiences i've had to get to that point i wouldn't have these two precious souls that i that are my everything like you have three precious souls that are your everything and And a dog and a dog and yeah we have the dogs reincarnated dogs too to keep coming back but 
So I have to share this because it, it catches me off guard. And it's like, I'm smiling while I'm talking to you because I think it's so cool. But I just, so I'll go along, right? And like share, we share about our days and what's happening and all of that. And then one time I shared something, how I was frustrated with, like I'd broken my yoga whatever it's called practice. Like I was doing really well. I did so many days and then I fell off the cliff and didn't do it for a week. And I shared my like frustration with that. And he just looks at me and he's like, you're doing great, baby. <laughs> like, That's but support. like, like, not, and he's right? like, like, like he should be, you'd think that he'd be like, well, are you doing yoga? well get off your ass and do right? yoga. Let's right. Like, right now. Let's do why that. Just to go do it. And instead he like comes back with these things. That's like, you're doing great. Mm-hmm. You've got this. And it's like, and I kind of like, huh? <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Don't like, expect it. I don't expect it. And then I don't know what to do with it. But you deserve it. But do I trust it? And that's like, there's something telling me um, the feeling I'm still here, right? Like, it's almost a year. I'm here. After I said, no more, no more. I'm done with all intimate, long term relationships. I had cooked up this kooky plan that I was going to date one person a month, that I was. 30 day shelf life for all dates. Like after a month, you're done. I remember this part of you. <laughs> like, you know, like that's my solution yeah. because I don't know how to trust external love. I'm getting there with love inside myself. Mm-hmm. I'm getting there. But anyways, like we were going to talk about spiritual stuff mm-hmm. and energy and all of that. But to me, I think it all is the same thing. It comes together because you're working out your stuff and those little things, but it doesn't mean that you don't have love within you to share. It's just not as full as you're ready to give because it's all about trusting the process, all about trusting each day and the individual and all about having something new. This is totally new for you. This whole experience is new for you because you're like, I don't understand why this person is supporting me for a second. But my past relationship, mm-hmm. I had support. But you didn't. But I didn't, tr- what? didn't trust it. You didn't, whatever. You just went along with it because you're like, oh, I'm in my second marriage or third marriage. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you're just like, no, I got to stick with this. I can't, oh, I can't get out of this one. And that's what you did. You, you suffered through, you know? You suffered through these experiences because of society. Like you weren't listening to your own heart. You no, it wasn't. To your own you yeah. weren't listening to any of that because you stayed the hell of a long you should. But you, another thing is too, is that people should understand with healers is that they get connected to people that need healing. And then you connect to these people and you, you dredge it all up. Let's drive all your shit let's up. Be, let's fucking go. Let's throw it. There the are no, deepest. I can, my one pet peeve yeah. in life is when there's an elephant in the room. Well, you well, talk about having a relationship with me. I fucking, let's get it all <laughs> up. Let's do that. And Matt couldn't handle it. It Matt, takes a lot. Matt was more laid back about it. Jason was like, narcissistic. He was like, absolutely not. Like, I'm going to fight you everything that comes through you. And I'd call him out about everything. He'd be like, nope, nope. And I was like, all right, this do you know what? So the three, the and one they, thing they all had in common, Mike, because mm-hmm. they were so different. The people I were married. They didn't expect was, you. They didn't. They went silent. Whenever I brought uncovered right. the elephant in the room they would go silent and blind and mm-hmm. act like it wasn't there like in their own ways about? like they don't want to face their stuff they don't want to deal with their own crap I but that was their choice yeah but i remember the last relationship i was in i was like it was very tough well not the last but the like the one i brought into my life and i was like why is this so toxic this is the like 
but it wasn't like he wasn't being toxic like he was just being but i was like i was toxic i was like in this weird mind frame space when you say like, toxic what do you mean is it the feeling you get from being with this person like it just a, feels feel heavy like negative shit. you feel like utter crap like you're not good enough and you're gonna do it feels like you're person. eating drinking poison right and this person's doing their thing selfish or whatever but they've never were never going to expand themselves to you they were never going to be that person for you because you were there to dredge up all their stuff. And if they weren't willing to dredge up and deal with all their stuff, then I remember he vanished, literally vanished <laughs> one day. I was like, all right. But that like, and it's to but take our own broke, responsibility, right, right? But it also broke me apart. It broke me apart to every part of my existence. And that was his purpose. His purpose was, you know, I could have dredged up stuff. He didn't want to deal with fine Danny or whatever else. He went back to doing his stuff, but then the other thing was like, I, I changed and I'm thankful for that relationship because without that relationship, I wouldn't be who I am today, being able to be open for someone who I can expand that and give my heart to, or I can trust the process for that, that I am willing and open for that. But I had to love myself, but it took a long time to figure that part out. But then doing your work and, you know, helping other people helps with that expansion because you're just helping, you're giving, giving, giving such a beautiful gift, watching these people transpire into their relationships, watching them transpire into who they're supposed to be is just so beautiful. Like, especially you, I've known you for a long time. I've seen you through all your relationships. <laughs> like it's, do you feel you like know, it's the, the Guinness one world time, record? The one, part I didn't, the one relationship I didn't see you, I couldn't see you anymore was the last one. I couldn't see Jen. Jen was not Jen anymore. She was like kind of put into this corner of just existing. She couldn't be who she was because there was too much. You weren't being supported. You weren't, you know, you, the, you, the daughter wasn't getting called out for her behavior. Like you weren't being treated and supported and, you know, honored. But and, at the same time, I have to, I will take full responsibility. I wasn't the best version of myself. Well, that's the whole point. That's what my point I, right there. Like I'm not proud of who I was. It's not proud of who you were, but it's part of proud of what brought, was brought out within you within that relationship. It just you lost yourself. I did. I yeah. I went into hiding mode. Mm -hmm. That's true. Well, and I think you know we have these ideas of who we want to be and what we what we want to do in life, and then we get into these situations and we feel. We feel love, but then we don't see a way forward mm -hmm. and we feel trapped right. and we feel like we're in a corner and okay, so is this, is this all there is? Right. Is this corner of my life for the rest of my life? Because I chose this. And I knowingly right. openly chose this and. But it doesn't, it never felt right for you. No. So you know, you're in this position where it doesn't feel good for yourself. So then you're finally at the point where you're at your breaking point where you're just like, I need guidance. I need help. You know what I mean? And that's where I've come in for many people being that guidance, that figure that can help support somebody else. Well, I think too, you, when you can't figure out things on your own and other than it just doesn't feel right and it starts to feel toxic. Cause I agree with you. If it starts to feel toxic and you start getting negative thoughts and you, you don't feel worthy. You start eating crap. You stop exercising. Or you over-exercise. Or you, you, you escape. It, right. Or you're, you're, you're not eating correctly and you're losing all this weight and you're 
losing yourself. Mm-hmm. But sometimes for me, when I look at someone who's doing that, I feel like they're, they're trying to die off pieces of themselves that they don't like. They're trying to do that. I remember before my divorce, I was walking seven miles a night. <laughs> well, you, you just go to the extremes. You you're looking to, you're for the like, solution right, in the extremes because you feel better? the normal day-to-day routines that you've been experiencing and living and leaning on aren't delivering a solution mm-hmm. or an answer. So, you know, depression, you go, you start sleeping and staying in your bed because really? the yeah. outside world is too much. And that's healing. For me, I see that as healing, that process to get you to the point where you need to get to, to be able to overcome what it could be a weakness within yourself. It could be an expansion because when you're doing your healing process, your healing work, you are tired. When you're doing that process, you are angry. You're, you're, you're all these elements of yourself that are trying to release itself. And it will come as a panic. It will come as anxiety. It will come through as tired depression it will come through for all those things. And I'm not dismissing people that have clinical staff. Like, don't get me wrong. This is normal on the podcast. The listeners are, um, I think the mailman's here. Um, let me look at time. Cause usually we like to do about an hour. We're, we're exactly at an hour. I feel like, um, one of the things we could probably wrap up with is mm-hmm. like when, so these times in life, when you feel like you're way off course okay. and you're not, you're not sure which direction to take or action or inaction or to sit with it. These are the times that I reach out to my friends with gifts. And, you know, I reached out to you this week, was it this week or last week? Last week. Last week. And a lot of the stuff that you told me, I was already hearing or feeling, mm-hmm. but it's that outside validation. So when, what are some of the things that you, what are your, what's your toolkit as a he, like, what are you? Are you a healer? Are I'm you a, a he- medium? I'm a medium. I'm a psychic. I'm a um, healer. I do the energy work. I do the massage therapy. Certain people I do that with. But for me, it's all about, you know, connecting with the person and whatever they need through that healing process. I, I incorporate shamanic work as well through my healing process with my gifts. Um, it's always different. Everyone's so different. And, but you receive messages from, I do all of them, all the seas, all the points, all that. Um, I've been doing this my entire life. I was gifted this from early childhood. I remember the first dead person I saw. So you see spirits. I see spirits. I sense things. Do you I, hear you oh, have yeah. an audible audible? Audio, I see I vision, the videos, all those things that go through my head. I can sense, I can, everything that you can possibly have. I have it, but I also have to harness it too. It's like, I'm not, everyone's like, why are you, <laughs> my examples are going out. Oh my God, you need to read me right now. I'm like, I'm not reading you right now. We're in a bar. Like, <laughs> we're not doing that here. Or people think it, it's, which is fine and dandy. And it's not like I want the business. It's like, but I'm just, this is just really not the place. Because once you open up to that, you're opening up to a lot of people. So it's something that you turn off. You can't be on all the time. It's your profession. Mm-hmm. You support yourself with it. Yeah, but I messages come through. I'm going to tell that person that message is coming through. Well, like, so if, like, doctors, if doctors were on all of the time, well, in cases of emergency, there's mm-hmm. the Hippocratic Oath. So, yeah, they have to jump in in cases of emergency. Right. But there's that time that you're on and time that you're off. Right. You're off duty. Exactly. Unless, like we talked about earlier in the 
in the show that like there are times that spirit spirit comes knocking and they're not going to stop. Like no. there's a connection to be made or information to be shared. Where, where, how do you get your growth and expansion these days? Where, where do you go? Do you go to books? Do you go to seminars? Well, I do that. I'll take a class, um, something spiritual. I'll read. Um, Nature is the biggest thing. I love being outside all year round and being. You spend a lot of time at Fort Foster. I do spend a lot of time at Fort Foster at the harbor as well. I spend a lot of time um, and then driving and listening to music too. Being alone during that expansion time or times when I need it's oceans a key. Like water is huge. Water is the biggest cleansing for anything. And there's good days and bad days or stuff that I pick up of people and I think it's mine and it's not mine. And I realize that I have to, you know, filter my own stuff or something's triggered within myself through a life experience or someone's coming, you know, at you in a way that you, it's negative. Like you, those are things that you have to release, remove and detach from. And the main thing is, is that it's not always your stuff that you're picking up on. And it's okay to be a healer. It's okay to do all these things. Like empath. Everybody's an empath. Everyone's an empath. Everyone sees stuff. And then it's such a new thing. It's like, um, even with classes now, people are getting more in tune with themselves. And a lot of people are, are, even with their relationships, romantic relationships, they're going to couples, to psychics. They're going to couples. I saw that. I know. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Well, you know what's so funny, though, is that, I'm going to say everyone should be empathetic. Mm -hmm. Everyone is an empath and should lean into it to know that everyone has feelings. Exactly. Everyone's affected. And if someone is being hurt, then yes, you're being hurt. Right. Like we all have to do the connected consciousness. It's a perfect time of of the year to February. Everyone's it's a, a, some people call it the hallmark holiday. Reality of it is, is like February is a good month to spread so much love and kindness because it's focused on all that. So everywhere you go, you're going to see hearts. You know, everywhere you go, you're going to see all that. Oh, I love that. And we're doing the podcast, Just Love. And it's February 1st. I feel like we could talk for hours Mm -hmm. and never run out of things to say. There was something I wanted to bring up so bad. And I'm just going to leave it and see what you, how you react to it. But um, one of the things with my, my new partner in crime or, what I don't know what to call it, but like, he's always saying, he's like, he's always boasting. I don't know if that's the right word that he's an old soul. And he said, I am. My mom tells me I'm an old soul. (laughs) And I go, and, and I say, yeah, okay. And then um, on the other side, he'll say, does anyone ever come up to you and say they're a new soul? (laughs) (laughs) Well, new connection with you in your lifetime. And, you know, the old souls are very key because that's... Aren't we all old souls, though? Like Not not necessarily, because this could be your first time around. But then he was like, what constitutes an old soul? And I even Googled it. Many lifetimes. But what's many? Is it like five? Is it ten? Is it a thousand? Is it... Who the hell knows? You can't tap into every... I do past life stuff. You can't tap into past life stuff. Only when you're guided towards a healing or you need a message from that past life or you're trying to heal something out from that life that you brought into this life. But being an old soul is being reality of it is, is being rooted, being grounded, being open. Oh, he might be an old soul. 
being all of that and he definitely is an old soul i can see it like he's definitely an old soul but you also the, the eyes when you connect with someone within the eyes you know that you've had a past life with them because you it's like a deja vu moment mm -hmm. you're sitting there and you're like oh my god this feels comfortable i feel Familiar. so comfortable for it to towards you but then there's those people that are that come into your life that are new that you're kind of like they might they've had their own past lives but this is the new time that you're connected so is it them. a relationship between two people that determines old and new so mm -hmm. no it hasn't it, there's no restriction on it which is so because cool. there are people that i don't gel with that i feel like they're new souls yeah they probably stabbed you in a past life Who the hell but they knows? could i'm assuming they're an old soul and i just don't like them exactly I don't know. I'm I'm confused on the old soul thing. It's old souls are just the ability to expand and, and resonate and communicate and connect. So some days I feel very new. <laughs> I feel very ungrounded, new, untethered, yeah. and have nothing figured out. And I feel like I'm choosing all the bad actions and reactions. Present. Just be in the present moment. Just be. Yes. Well, thank you so much for driving over here this morning. Thank you for I having me. I loved every moment of it. I did too. You'll have to come back. Sending everyone love. If Do you want to share how people can get in touch with you if they want to come for a healing session yeah. or no? You Is can that reach out to me. I do a lot of um, FaceTime stuff for new, new clients and for sessions and in person when they're available. It's visitasoul.com. What is it? Visitasoul.com. Visitasoul.com. B-I-S-I-T-A-S-O-U-L.com. Do you know who I'm being right now? Your <laughs> yes, dad. <I> Your <laughs> dad Slow on the down. radio. When, like, whenever we, <laughs> whenever we would do radio shows or interviews, and like especially if we went to someone else's show, yeah. He would make sure that he gave the information of the business like a thousand <laughs> times. Visit a soul.com. Yes. For Christina so DeSoto, the spiritual gangsta with yeah. the biggest heart I've ever <laughs> met. And listen, she will not hold back. She will tell you as it is. And that's how it should be. Exactly. Yeah, just be prepared <laughs> to face the truth. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Well, we will talk soon and thank you for joining us. Thank you.